0: This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon. This is Earth Matters on the Bigger Picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs. Back in 2015, wildlife researcher Dr. Ravinder Kaur and wildlife photographer Sanjit Pal Singh set up the social enterprise Explore Gaia to conserve the hornbills of Malaysia. Explore Gaia, together with the NGO Hutan, are currently the only groups providing nesting opportunities for endangered hornbills in Malaysia. And they have been searching for natural nesting sites of endangered hornbills, monitoring and protective activeness and innovating artificial nest boxes. So in a love-themed Earth Matters special today, uh, in the spirit of Valentine's Day, I'm catching up with this couple in conservation to find out how their projects are progressing and to also discuss why hornbills are so awesome. And just to say, Dr. Ravinda is also a lecturer at Sunway University. She's also the co-founder of Explore Gaia, scientific director at Gaia. Uh, Sanjit is a wildlife photographer, as I mentioned, education and awareness director of Gaia also co-founder of Gaia welcome both of you how are you today
1: very well. How are you?
0: Hello. I'm very well. Thank you so much for joining me. So nice to have both of you together with me uh, in the studio. The last time we caught up was gosh, back in 2020. I spoke to you guys separately at the time, but mm-hmm. so lovely to have you both in the studio. And I promise you, it's not going to be, you know, a focus on <laughs> on your love story or anything <laughs> like that. But, you know, it's interesting, right? Because, like a child. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. And the focus is on your work, you know, and I think it's lovely that you guys get to work together. You started Explore Gaia yeah. together as well. Uh, And you know, hornbills generally monogamous as well, right? So Mm -hmm. we're making that all part of the theme but let's go back to uh, 2015. Let's talk a little bit about why you felt you needed to start something like Explore Gaya.
2: So um, in the beginning uh, when I was doing my PhD in Kinabatangan, I was working with the local community there and one of our guys, uh, Helson, he was he actually spoke about how he had uprooted his family to come closer to where I was you know, working, mm. doing my PhD, and I was like, "Why did you do that?" You know, the research is, is it's gonna end. You know, it's, there's a fixed amount of time for these kind of things, and I was really taken aback that he would move. And he says, "Well, working as a fisherman, life is really hard. You know, the working hours are t- you know long and hard, and it's it's so um, it's so demanding and." In the income is also inconsistent. So he actually found uh, working on the Honbu project as a as a way of making a steady income. Okay. and that was more like an aha moment for me, because I've I've always been focusing on the birds. You know, what does the bird needs? You know, what how do, how do I help these birds? But I didn't realize that by being there, you know, by having a project, we were creating job opportunities for local people living in rural areas. Mm-hmm. And you know, Hutan team and the NGO, they are they are amazing example of a community-based project, you know. And I I look at that and I was like, you know what, maybe I think we should set up our own organization, give opportunities to uh, local people, and if you can uh, take care of the needs of the local people in rural areas, they're very unlikely to do things to the birds like hunting you know they are less likely to threaten the birds mm-hmm. so it's a win win situation right yeah, yeah. Okay. so that's what inspired
0: me to set up gaia yeah okay and this was back in 2015 and uh, of course sanjit is also part of it i mean you, you you know when we spoke we spoke about your love for wildlife photography mm-hmm. and i know this year is your 20th anniversary isn't it congratulations uh, Thank in you. this in this field talk to me a little bit about you know that that the synergy i suppose you know between wildlife photography and conservation
1: Oh, wow. It is actually, they, they go in hand to hand very well together. Mm-hmm. And it, didn't, it, it took me a while to realize that. And I o- always have this fascination in wildlife. I always wanted to be a photographer. But throughout various career paths that I took as a photographer, uh, I ended up here. You know, occasionally there's a falcon in the road. Uh, There was a couple of U-turns, and I end up here, and it's truly what I enjoy doing. And only after a couple of years, I realized that being a wildlife photographer is not only taking pictures of birds or wildlife or other animals. A lot of pictures that I take have a contribution back to the the world of science. A lot of behaviors that I managed to photograph may have been in ancient literature or may have been new behaviors discovered.
2: I mean, uh, uh, one of the biggest examples I can think of um is um, like when I am presenting to a group of kids, let's say, school yeah. children. Mm, yeah. you know imagine if I was up there in you know in front of this kid's show, talk telling them about how beautiful the helmet and hornbill is, but I have no visual. Yeah, <laughs> I have no photograph, I have no video to move them. Mm. You know, I can tell them beautiful things about this bird that I've seen with my own eyes. But thanks to Sanjit, I get to. You know, show these images, and of course, uh, there's so many things we discovered. Like, you know, when we watched hornbills feeding, for example the food that they are passing, sometimes I could miss it with my binoculars. And I just have to turn around and say, Sanji, did you get that on, <laughs> on video? Did you, did you get that on, on on your camera? And he's like, yeah, yeah. And then we zoom in, you know. Yeah, it's, or we're chimping, yeah. right, they call it. We yeah, we're, we're chimping. But
1: it, whenever you turn around, we know exactly what you're going to ask. <laughs>
2: yeah. And, uh, yeah. Did but, you get it? Did you get that?
1: <laughs> um, I hope so. There was a leap in the way sometimes. Ah, yeah. but, uh, environments that we have no control of, but, um, and yeah. I
2: always have to stop you because if it's blurred, you're going to delete it.
1: Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, no, yes. oh, that's like, that's important to that's science. scientific you research.
2: Yeah. yeah. Even so that's though it's instinct.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, no, 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 save it. <laughs> uh, but uh, speaking about instinct, it's, it's become, you know, second nature to me. And throughout the entire career path of being a wildlife photographer, you know, I, I realized that, you know, I actually have a responsibility to the natural environment to societies and to communities to document our natural heritage. And that goes to every living being on the planet, which includes all of us here. Mm -hmm. So it's through these pictures, I want to show the beauty that we have in Malaysia, this fascinating, admirable wildlife species, because it is what we have. And if it's not nurtured, it is what we have to lose
2: and yeah. everyone knows I'll bore them with my graphs and charts. <laughs> Don't say <laughs> that with my
1: <that>. data.
0: <laughs> I love the data. Okay, the, everything. So again, you know, it's complementary, isn't yes. it? Everything comes together, yeah. as you said. You know, before we started the interview, it's a beautiful. It's it's a beautiful mix of the arts and and conservation and science, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and mm-hmm. that's how you reach out to uh, yeah. the wider audience yes. and. I guess, you know, for me, uh, I, I love the fact that you guys get to work together and you get to go into, and we spoke about this before, that your love for our Malaysian rainforest, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you are there's so much here that's unexplored. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's something that you guys are also quite focused on, right? Our local wildlife, our mm-hmm. local sort of like um, biodiversity.
2: Yeah. I'm. You know, I remember once I was in the forest and I bumped into a Japanese man and he had taken a flight. Just because our dipterocarp forests were in seed, and you know, they were having seeds, and all these, you know, winged seeds were spinning and yeah. spirali- spiraling, spiraling mm. through the canopy yeah. and falling all over the forest. He came just to experience that. Wow! And it's something that can happen like every like seven years. But I stood there thinking, man, how many Malaysians know about this? And you know, look at this foreigner coming all the way just to see that. And that's what yeah. happened with me. When I was uh, doing my degree in conservation biology in University of Malaysia Sabah, they you know my lecturers took me to Danum Valley for a field excursion. I was thinking, where are they taking us like eight <laughs> hours, you know, <laughs> by bus and all that. Bus broke down and all that. But when I reached Danum Valley Forest, I was blown away. I didn't know we had primary forests, big trees like that. And then my, my lecturer pointed out that elephants walked. Or through this path, and I was like, we have elephants. Oh no! I didn't know these <laughs> things, you know. And yep. I, I just knew after that field excursion, I wanna, work, I wanna be in the rainforest. So I came back as an intern. I spent three months in Danum Valley. Imagine no, no cell reception. You're know, totally cut off. But I just cannot get enough of our nature and wildlife. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Yeah. And I think Sanji is as well.
1: It is, and you know. Where else in the world where you see two species of elephants? Yeah.
0: Exactly. <laughs> yes,
1: Indonesia and Malaysia, yeah. because we share Borneo. Yeah. And uh, Malaysia has got so many special wildlife and yeah. you we're know, one of the most mega biodiverse countries in the world. Yeah. You know, and that's a pin in the map for us. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And and that's the thing, right? Um you know that phrase that, that Malay phrase that mm. kenal and I think that's also a problem here in Malaysia you know we just don't know or maybe we're not yeah. making the effort to know so you know that's why I think the work that you guys do you know that you know mixing the art and the science together is you know really wonderful work like you're doing you're doing like nation building content like, really. that's, <laughs> okay, <that's, laughs> thank you we try <laughs> you do and you do wonderful work and um, we're just going to go for a quick break but when we come back you know let's talk about uh, the work that you're doing with Hutan let's talk about hornbills a little bit as well and Speaking today to Sanjit Pal Singh and Dr. Ravinder Kaur. Dr. Ravinder is the co-founder of Explore Gaia. She's the scientific director of Explore Gaia. She's also a lecturer at Sunway University. Sanjit is a wildlife photographer. He's the education and awareness director of Explore Gaia, also a co-founder. We're getting to know more about Explore Gaia. And we're also going to talk a lot more about endangered hornbills after this quick break. Keep it right here on Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Welcome back. This is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture. I'm Julia Jacobs. In the studio with me today, Dr. Ravinder Kaur and Sanjit Paul Singh. They are both the co-founders of Explore Gaia. Uh, Dr. Ravinder is also the scientific director. She's also a lecturer at Sunway University, a wildlife researcher. She doesn't want me to say this, but a hornbill uh, specialist as well. Uh, Sanjit, wildlife photographer, education and awareness director of Explore Gaia. And I just found out also former media student, so he knows exactly what we're doing here. Um, <laughs> and we're talking about, um, well, it's kind well, you know, we're making a tenuous sort of stretch you know they are a couple in conservation it mm-hmm. was Valentine's Day just yesterday so we're talking about their work especially through Explore Gaia so I, I mean when I spoke to you guys back in 2020 you know you guys uh, you know you told me about your work with the uh, Sabah Wildlife Department and Hutan Kinabatangan Orangutan Conservation Programme uh, Hutan K- K-O-C-P uh, you, you know they they were pioneers of the Hornbill Artificial Nest Box mm-hmm. project in, in Malaysia right and mm-hmm. uh, to get and then you started collaborating with them in 2015 you know you guys have installed over 30 nest boxes uh, that was just in Kinabatangan right i mean can mm-hmm. you just remind our listeners about that
2: ah so i was actually doing my masters in Belum Temango
0: mm-hmm.
2: i was observing uh, hornbills nesting in in you know, in a natural environment i was i was actually following four pairs of hornbills at that time and this was a span of i think nine months uh, staying yeah. in the indi- indigenous village you know with the mm-hmm. orang high. And uh, watching all this hornbills nesting, you know, what they bring back to the nest and, you know, how they perch on the cavity, learning all their behaviours and so forth. Then I heard from uh, Wong Siu Ti, who is the sunbear expert, that, you know, know, there's this group of people, uh, the hutan basically, they are putting up artificial nest boxes in Borneo. So I was like, wow, you know, and they're looking for someone to work with them. I thought I jumped at the opportunity because it was just amazing, right? Here I am studying the you know wild hornbills, and there they are experimenting with boxes. So I I took the opportunity to go there, and I decided to um, pursue my PhD with that. Uh, with Kina Batangan being the focus of the project, yeah,
0: mm-hmm. and eight species of mm, uh, hornbills yeah. can be found there, isn't yes, it? Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, and when we talk about these boxes, right? You yeah. know, I, I guess you know to paint a picture for our yeah. listeners of what it's not like some tiny box. It no, no, not, no, it's, no, it's it's huge. massive, isn't it? I mean, can you can you help paint a picture of what that actually looks like? So um, it's it's quite huge. It's like a it meter is. high, right? Yeah, it's
1: about a meter yeah.
2: high. and it's it's basically. Uh, part of my a chapter in my thesis was looking at the temperature and humidity in natural nest cavities of hornbills. Mm-hmm. Hornbills are cavity nesting birds, and they tend to nest in living trees. So, from the data loggers, we found that the temperature was very low and the humidity was very high. So, we tried to use this knowledge and try to, you know, apply it in our nest boxes. You know, try to replicate that. And uh, because we're trying to do this, we end up with these really thick walls, you know, really big box. Inside is really snug.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a giant structure, you know, when you're trying to get that, that sweet spot, you know.
1: Yeah. It's so heavy. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> oh, my goodness. It took
2: yeah. the entire village to put it up. Huh? Yeah. I think the earlier boxes, we, we have them in phases. Mm-hmm. So phase one and phase two were like 80 kilos, so you know. Really, it's 80. like a human being, like, um, yeah. you know. And well, you have to pull it up, like, 20 meters high, you know.
0: Yeah.
2: So, uh, but of course, with a lot of, uh, you know, collaboration with the local community, they, you know, they are they are amazing guys, you know. They have all these ideas. And then we had zoos, foreign zoos, zookeepers who used to come down. We had people from Phoenix Zoo, Chester Zoo, and Buval Zoo. We all come together. We all build boxes together. And our third phase is pretty light. It's 30 kilos. So, yeah, wow, it's getting easier. But it's kind of funny because when the boxes were really heavy, our pulley system was very ancient. <laughs> <laughs> but now when we our pulley system is modern, <laughs> the boxes got lighter.
0: So it's a bit of a... <laughs> but yeah, it's... The, now, right now, they're about 30 kilos. Okay, okay. And I, I'm sorry, it's remiss of me not to ask, you know, why is there a need to put artificial ah. artificial nests, right? Yeah. I mean, you would think you are working in the rainforest itself. Yeah. Uh, why is there a need to do that? So if, um, if you look at the
2: rainforest, um, like places I love, like Danum Valley, they're primary forests, they're beautiful, big trees. Sadly, my work is not needed there. <laughs> so I could never find a reason to go back to Danum Valley. <laughs> I'm needed more in degraded areas. So places like Kinabatangan, where it's been logged over many times, uh, the trees that grow back are very small. And historically, those tiptorokap trees, those really large timber trees, you know, naturally, over time, all these cavities would form in them. And maybe they start off with a woodpecker or barber starting these cavities or maybe a uh, fungal infection. Mm. So you can imagine in your mind that this process is, will take many years. And then comes the hornbill, you know, ah, it's made for it, you know. It doesn't, even with that cask and that bill, it cannot make these cavities. It actually has to rely on these naturally formed cavities uh, made available to them. So because of historical logging and because of hutan, they've done many interviews with the local people. And the local people say the same thing. Ah, the population is going down, we don't see, uh, we see adult birds, but we don't really see them with their chicks, so there's something missing there. Okay. That's why Hutan made the move to start the artificial nest box project and then we came in to join forces with them.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
2: you know, how would you rate the
0: success of that project uh, thus far?
1: It's been pretty successful, really. Yeah. I mean, even the first box. It it took time for the birds to adapt to it. Mm. And initially, yeah, in um, 2016, 2017, I managed to get pictures of the birds. You know, they are perched on the tree, they are perched on the box. They're looking in, they're looking out, and they didn't nest. But eventually, they started taking a liking to it, and they started nesting in it. And that is when my job became really, really challenging.
2: Yeah, we. Yeah. we I gave Sanjay the big task, you know. <laughs> yeah. You need to get the moment when the chick leaves the box. Oh, wow. Because this yeah. is evidence, yeah. you know, that the box is... Uh, are used by a very iconic species as well, the rhinoceros hornbill. Mm -hmm. And I think the first year, Sanjid, we missed
1: it. (laughs) We missed it. And perhaps the second time as well, um, I was on a different side because simultaneously, I mean, there were uh, hornbills nesting. Yeah. And eventually got it the third time.
0: Yeah. And it's also a light
2: issue. Uh, Um, In the
1: mornings, the light was not on the
2: box. so it has to be an evening
0: shot. <laughs>
2: so yeah. yeah,
0: and you know, for someone who like can't under can't maybe picture it, right? I mean, how, <laughs> what is it like? You know, sitting there waiting. You're, you're just waiting, right? You're oh, just yeah. just park there, literally, right?
1: Yes, I'm waiting. I'm staring at a at a certain part of a tree, and uh, I'm there eight to twelve hours a day, yeah. and. Uh, almost any hornbill nest observation is like that That is the daily routine We wake up real early We get there before sunrise uh, 8 to 12 hours a day We are there And we repeat that tomorrow
0: mm-hmm.
2: But and there's so many things happening Other than the hornbills yeah.
1: around us you know? yeah. Yeah. Like suddenly there's a red
2: giant flying squirrel yeah. you know,
1: Gliding around <laughs> <So> it is <laughs> yeah. live, it yeah. is live and everything in the forest is alive, yeah. everything is moving so it tends to grab your attention every now and then But when the hornbill comes back to his nest and then that's where the hyper focus kicks in again right. mm. And I, I really enjoy that because that hyper focus you know, tends to put you in a very meditative state Mm. and you know you feel that everything is so calm everything is so quiet everything is pleasant there's not a worry in the world when mm. you're in the forest mm.
2: okay and i think the craziest thing we ever did was uh, we we found a helmeted hornbill nesting yeah. and we followed it for over 6 years with our team
0: wonderful yeah
2: and we watched them have 3 babies two <gasps> males and one female uh-huh. yeah. and um, yeah i remember sanjit wants to be there for the first feed and this is saba so yeah. we are out maybe 4 in the morning or four-ish, yeah uh, <laughs> hiking in the dark can you imagine getting I can't. to the site and then you know waiting for the first feed and it depends on the on the t- uh, on the phase the the bird is in you know mm-hmm. so imagine the helmeted hornbill yeah. takes 6 months to have one baby yeah. in the beginning uh, she would be eating mainly fruits but then later on maybe in the third month and so forth, it becomes more exciting. You start to yeah. see like stick insects being brought to the to the nest or, you know, other things, or snakes and yeah. stuff.
0: And again, it's so, the male yeah. bringing it to the Yeah, female, the right? male is
2: coming, bringing back, honey, I'm home, you know, <laughs> food. Yeah. and So it gets, it gets more exciting. The beginning of nest observations can be quite dull. It
1: could.
2: But as yeah. the chick is growing and demanding for more food, then it gets much more exciting, yeah, for us. Yeah. It does,
1: and yeah, you know... We, you know, I feel sorry for the entire team. You know, <laughs> to, have to be up in odd hours and yeah. tolerate all my equipment, <laughs> and you we know, gotta get there. And we can't really tell whether it's gonna rain on that day because it's still dark, and yeah. we cannot. Yeah,
0: can't tell. We, we yeah. can't.
1: We just can't tell the weather. And but there's so many other wildlife species that we encountered walking in that hour, it's all kinds of uh, civet cats, uh, mm. tarantulas, oh, wow, <laughs> um, Tarsiers, yeah. Yeah. tarsiers yeah. as well. Um, but yeah, it's funny,
2: so. you know, sometimes when we encounter some beautiful animals, but we have a we have a job to do. We have to get to the hornbill yeah. nest. So, oh, orangutan, nah, we have to yeah. go. <laughs> <So> <laughs> just like go. A by the way, yeah, right? Yeah, it's like, oh, we have to go. <laughs> well, I'll catch up with you another time. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because we, we're trying to observe the bird from a certain hour to, to you know, the yeah. consistencies like eight hours there, right? yeah, a day. So, And, you know, in eight hours, what, we saw the helmeted feed up to 11 feet, so... That's a, it's nice to see yeah. all this you know up down uh,
1: visits so in, in a really good forest there's so much of activities mm. and you know as like as, you know so much of life it keeps you on your toes mm-hmm. especially as a photographer mm-hmm. you need to get that shot yeah. if you miss it mm-hmm. hey there's a possibility it might not ever happen again
2: yeah. Yeah, but we have we have two guides right Sanjit yeah. goes with the most quiet guide amidi because they can have I think you guys speak Probably say one word to each other
0: <laughs> In that throughout the whole hour. days. <laughs> yeah,
2: the whole day I think it's like what
0: two words. Yeah, um, like, yeah. Uh, What is it? <laughs> what are those two words? Yeah, makan
1: have you eaten, and balik let's go home. <laughs> and myself,
2: I'm paired with the most talkative one, Elson. We put we'll be talking. About. All, all day. Yeah, <laughs>
1: then, you know, I, I right? shoot them a mile away. Yeah, you know? so
2: I naturally we are
0: positioned far away from each other. Okay. <laughs> okay, but I mean the success of, you know, the project in, in Sabah, I mean, now you've replicated that, mm. if I can use that word, in uh, Rakit in Trenganu, am mm. I correct? Can you yeah. Talk to me a little bit about that. So, um, Rakit is interesting because in Trangano,
2: um the there was a uh, Anua McGaffey actually found um, hornbills, great hornbills nesting in durian trees. Mm-hmm. So durian trees, you know, the really old ones tend to have cavities, and and then those trees were lost. They fell, so these two pairs of uh, great hornbills are now displaced. They don't have a place to nest. So we were thinking, wow, well, maybe Batura Kit might be a great place to try out these boxes because some of our designs right especially the the dimensions the the front of the the entrance of the box we used we we replicated what we learned from the Thailand hornbill project and they are pioneers in the hornbill project in Asia. They've been around for what forty years. Yeah. So and they have great hornbills nesting in their boxes. Amazing. That's why we thought it would it would work. So that's why we took a chance with batu rakit. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and and this is a pilot project, isn't it? Because it's it's in a it's in a it's like a plantation. Am I right? Yeah. It's yeah. in a
2: durian plantation. Yeah. Okay. And the, we asked the local community
0: if they're interested.
2: And when we put up a nest box, we need uh, some sort of level of protection, you know, because these birds. They're quite vulnerable once they start nesting, right? Yeah. So we need to make sure that the local community are not hunters. Uh, you know, the ones that are least bothered about the birds are the best, you know. So we found that the Baturake people were also excited to have been chosen to to, be to this. host this, yeah, boxing. Okay. Yeah. So we put up two with the. With the wildlife department as well. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. And and the wildlife department, you know, they're very open to to trying these things. I mean yeah. I mean collaboration is a huge part of your work. Yeah, as definitely. Well, right? We yeah. work
2: with nature based solutions as well in Turgano. Uh, yeah. we, we work with Pantera also. Um we even work with the marine mammal conservation yeah. set Yeah, yes, <laughs> I of
0: course, Dr. Louisa. Yeah. yeah.
2: So we're all all good friends and you know, sometimes we have slots where like I have I have a grant, let's say, or I have a budget to train somebody. Hey, why don't you just? Come in, you know, even though you're from another organisation. I love that about this this generation,
1: actually. Yeah, it's uh, very col- collaborative. Collaboration is strength in numbers. Yeah
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. Are there particular challenges though to you know when it comes to these sorts of collaborations? Of
2: course, we are people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're all different. Uh, we all have different opinions, l- looking at things differently. Mm. But I think what I've learned over time is communication. Is key. You have to really talk to each other and often, you know.
0: Conversations yes. about conservation. <laughs> yes, a
2: lot of con- conversations. I'm not going to try quite,
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> It's
2: quite tiring, you know, how much yeah. we need to talk and talk. But, you know, to get everyone on the same page, yeah, mm-hmm. takes
0: time. Yeah, yeah. and because it's, it's not, I mean, it's also stakeholders like, you know, plantation owners, for example, right? It's not just yeah. the people you quote unquote like, right? It's not just fellow conservationists. It's, yeah. you know, the wider, you know, the wider sort of stakeholders as yeah, well. Yeah, all and kinds of yeah, walks of yeah. life you have
1: to deal with. Yeah. 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 But, yeah. It's that communication that brings us closer together when both parties understand each other. Mm-hmm. And, and they, for for example, plantations are beginning to remove elephant
0: fences. Yes. Yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. There's one very progressive one in uh, in Kinabatagan,
1: Yeah.
0: Okay.
2: They they want to test, you know, if without those fences how much damage would be done to the oil palm plantation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Apparently, removing mm-hmm. the fences, you know,
1: was better. better. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, they are very open and very
2: progressive, yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, and occasionally there's a hornbill nest site and we have to go through a plantation. You know, we just apply for the proper permits, we speak to the managers, mm. we speak to the locals and... Along the way, we find some of the locals are actually very interested in learning about these birds. Mm -hmm. And they are spreading the stories. They're telling their kids, they're telling their neighbours. And whenever we go back in, they're like, hey, you guys again, can we come and watch it with you? Yeah, It's like, yeah, okay. Mm. But, you know, with me around, just... Yeah, they and we have
2: <laughs> we come with good optics, ah. so you can really have a good, good, <laughs> a yeah. good close view
0: of the bird, and you can really admire the the beauty of it. The beauty yeah. of them, and and that collaboration also extends, of course, as you guys mentioned, with the local communities, yes, right? And course. and of course, you treat them. I know you treat them respectfully, but you know, for them, you know, as these scientists or, or these you know wildlife photographers coming from outside, how do you you know make that first sort of contact and sort ah. of like a uh, build that bridges, uh, build those bridges, of communication <laughs> with them.
2: You know, I, I remember the first time I wanted to go to Kinabatangan, yeah. and Dr. Mark Anconis, the director for uh, yeah. Hutan, Hutan yeah. he said, "If the local community likes you, you stay." Yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: ah. that was just oh. the, the. That is yeah, it. No? That, yeah, is that is it. it yeah, <laughs> if if it. they have a problem with you, I'm sorry, you know, you're out. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. You know. uh,
0: it's,
1: it's all about respect, really. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you respect, you're considerate. You know, it's It, it is their place. Mm and you know we don't come in and we impose our rules on them no we we are just passing by you know yeah. so we seek permission and grace from them and they say like okay go ahead mm. we listen mm. to them and sometimes we because of the time limit right
2: uh, it takes time to build this trust right yeah. so we work through uh, those that have established the trust mm-hmm. like for example hutan has what over 20 years with yeah. this local
0: community, so we let them introduce us into the community. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, that helps. <laughs> and I'm sure there's a lot of unlearning that has to happen on your part too. You know, I mean, because they've got so much indigenous knowledge and that, you yeah. know, their local knowledge, yeah. right? Which is, I'm sure, quite priceless also to to, of course, to yeah. the work that you guys yeah. do. Actually, the work that we do in Turgano yeah, uh, with
2: the indigenous people, we have hornbill guardians. Mm. We go into the forest. We look for uh, hornbill nest sites and all. So those that have more knowledge about hornbills, you know, they are like the bird experts, yeah. we pay them more, you know, we offer them more
0: for their time. Yeah, so, okay. yeah. And, you know, based on the conversations that you've sort of had with them, right, I mean, are you are, have they sort of alerted you to particular trends or, you know, in terms of like uh, hornbills coming and nesting or numbers mm-hmm. and populations, I mean, are there anything mm-hmm. that you could share about that?
2: If we're talking about hornbills, you know, what, what, yeah. Why, why do we need hornbills, you know? Yeah. 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 It's a simple thing. Um, they are seed dispersers, you know. They're excellent seed dispersers. You know, if you compare them with mammals that have teeth, these birds don't have teeth. So when they, uh, when they consume fruits, right, they digest the fleshy bit mm-hmm. and they regurgitate seeds undamaged. And because they cover vast areas, they will spread the seeds far and wide. Mm-hmm. And uh, most of the indigenous people are aware of things like this. In fact, remember Sanjit when we yeah. were in Gomba, We met oh, this yes. indigenous man yeah. and we asked him, you know, naturally we're Malaysians, we want to know about durians, yeah. right? Uh-huh. We were like, hey, you know, how's your durians you know, this, <laughs> this year? And it's like, ah, it's not going to be very good because we don't see any flying foxes around. Uh-huh. And he knows that flying foxes are pollinator of the durian flowers. Yeah. Yeah. So this this knowledge, you know, this it's amazing what they know about the forest, you know. Mm-hmm. I read things like this, you know, but they experience it firsthand, so it's amazing. Yeah, and it's
1: passed down through generations, and these yeah. are the best guys to go into the forest with. Mm. And you know, we trust our lives with them.
2: Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah.
1: Their knowledge of the forest and every single wildlife species that is in there is priceless. Okay. Yeah. They, they they never they never fail to amaze me every time we're in there.
0: Yeah. True. Okay. So again, all complementary, right? Everybody, mm. yeah, working together, and um, yeah. and of course, you know, yes, we talk about hornbills, but you know, I mean, they're a sort of an iconic species, right? But you know, whatever protection is afforded to them is, of course, you know, then afforded to. All the other species, right, that Mm -hmm. are are in the forest as Mm -hmm. well, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's just go for one more quick break, guys. When we come back, let's continue our discussion on Explore Gaia. Let's find out, you know, what help would be most uh, useful uh, to you guys for the work that you do. I'm speaking today to Dr. Ravinder Kaur. Uh, She's the Scientific Director of Gaia. She's a lecturer at Sunway University, wildlife researcher, Sanjit Pal Singh, wildlife photographer, education and awareness director of Explore Gaia. Both of them are co-founders of Explore Gaia. We're talking about the work that they do. We'll continue the that discussion after one more quick break. Keep it right here on Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Welcome back. This is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs. It's our, well, sort of Valentine's Day special here on Earth Matters. In the studio with me today, husband and wife team, Dr. Ravinder Kaur and Sanjit Paul Singh. They are both co-founders of Explore Gaia. Uh, Dr. Ravinder is the scientific director at Gaia. She's a lecturer at Sunway University. She is a wildlife researcher. Sanjit is a wildlife photographer. He's the education and awareness director of Explore Gaia. They have been working together for, well, for many years now, you know. Uh, they've been working on putting together hornbill nesting sites for endangered hornbills. They've been monitoring and protecting active nests. They've been innovating artificial nests boxes. Um, And you know, in I don't want to again. I don't want to make you talk about your your story, but you know, in terms of hornbill, it's just it's just a you know it's just a theme here. But I mean, hornbills are also known to be quite monogamous. Right, many mm-hmm. of the species are monogamous. Uh, you know, as we spoke about before the breaks, um, you know, the 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 mother hornbill will be in the cavity. The father hornbill will go and search. I mean, talk to me a little bit about hornbills themselves, you know, and the mm-hmm. kind of like family structure that they have and how they kind of operate.
1: Wow. Um, well. As an observer, you know I get, I get the front row seat to hornbills while they're nesting and hornbills raising their young, and being there in the forest for such a long period of time, you know, kind of like experiencing what they do as well in terms of the conditions of the environment at that time. So it is it is a daunting task for the male hornbill to come back and bring the freshest fruits ever to the female that's already in the cavity and even if she's got a chick or oh, haven't yet and we I've have witnessed these hornbills I've documented them going to fig trees and the hornbills are they only take what they need so they tend to pinch the fruits and if it's too ripe they won't take it if it's underripe they won't take it they'll take the juiciest sweetest ripest one back home mm. and it's kind of like room service because she's already <laughs> confined in a tight space And eventually, the female breaks out and then they have to provide for the chick. Now, it's not that, yeah, daddy's done his job, he can lay back a little bit, but she is still pretty weak. From that month of being in that tight space, taking care of a very fast, rapidly growing chick, so she will hang out for a bit, she'll rest up, gather her strength and then partake in that feeding ritual. Mm -hmm. Eventually, the chick break out and they'll take flight for the very first time now that is one of the most nail-biting situations <laughs> ever historically there has been chicks that has fledged the nest and not survived no they've never spread their wings before they are confined in a very tight space watching hornbills i you know, I believe there's so much that we can learn from them: tolerance, compassion, patience, and love. So you know, it's it's February. <laughs> we hope to celebrate a hornbill love month. Mm-hmm. And you know, it just recently I was just trying, wondering, you know, while photographing other birds and hornbills, it's like how disconnected we have become from nature, yeah. while just being in nature. You can witness all of these and it's just daily reminders of the simple aspects of humanity that we can give to others as well. Tolerance, compassion and love.
0: That's beautiful. Thank you, Sanjit, for for sharing that. (laughs) And I mean, it it is... Yeah, I mean, you know, Valentine's Day and all of that. But, you know, also a love for, you know, what we have here in Malaysia, right? As you guys mentioned, we're one mm-hmm. of the most mega-diverse mega, mega diverse countries in the world. And mm-hmm. there seems to be, you know, like you said, that lack, that disconnect between uh, us and nature, isn't it? Which is, I think is why there is a sort of um, uh, apathy towards protecting what we have as well. I mean, is that something that you're, you're also observing, uh, Ravin? Uh, among people? Among people, yeah, just general. I mean, I
2: think it's hard because um a lot of people ask me what are the job prospects you know when you <laughs> when you do a degree in conservation biology or ecology and so forth what are the job prospects and that's a major concern and and it you know it is right rightly so as well because you you don't have many options in malaysia but thankfully, for people like you know funders like sidabe uh Foundation, they've given us this opportunity to hire more people we We have yeah. all these fresh graduates who are coming out with zoology degrees or ecology and all that. We're giving them opportunities to hey, you can have a job, you can go out there, study these animals that you love and you know help conserve them and you know try to try to save the species at least yeah yeah, yeah. so but yeah, I feel that um you know, if you compare it with 10 years ago,
0: the opportunities were far lesser. Yeah. Okay. So. okay. And as you mentioned, you know, before the break, like, you know, you're also, uh, you know, through this sort of funding, you can also support the local communities, mm-hmm. you know, and there's also, I'm guessing, you know, ecotourism opportunities, there's tourism o- opportunities. So um, it really helps um, support the, the the communities surrounding these areas that you guys are working in as well, right?
2: Yeah, because we're building uh, safe yeah. nesting opportunities for hornbills, for example. Yeah. I mean, as the hornbill population goes
1: up, you know, a lot more tourists can get to see them. And
0: yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we need to look at the ecosystem as a whole, mm. right? And if we remove one component of it, mm. we've just uh, destroyed the pillar that's holding it up together. Mm. Mm.
0: Yeah, they're all interconnected. So they're all connected. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Are, you, are you guys quite optimistic about, um, I guess, hornbill conservation in the next 10 years? Are you, yeah, is that a lot, showing a lot more promise? Yes, very optimistic. Wonderful. For really. me, my,
2: my yeah. idol is uh, Professor Pilai Ponswat. She's the grandmother of hornbills. Okay. She's dedicated about 40 years of her life towards hornbill conservation in Thailand. And because of her work, you know, the amount of nesting opportunities she's created and awareness she's created... I see how one person can make a big difference. So I'm, I'm quite optimistic. <laughs>
1: yeah. yes. So much more we can learn from them. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, we have a team behind us now. So it's really nice. Yeah.
0: yeah, And that was something I was going to ask you next. I mean, in terms of, uh, you know, what Explore Gaia is going to be exploring next. Uh, you know, <laughs> what are you guys, what are your, some plans in the pipeline for you guys?
1: Well, um, on the education and awareness side yes, <laughs> yes
0: director <laughs> uh, uh,
1: we've got a couple of uh, exhibitions that is going to be placed throughout malaysia mm-hmm. uh, and uh, one is already ongoing in the national zoo it's at the panda enclosure mm-hmm. and we're setting up one more in johor hopefully penang and kota Kinabalu as well Okay. And all don't
2: right. forget we have one in Alila Bangsa mm. as well.
1: Currently, yes. Currently in Alila Bangsa. Yeah. A smaller one, but just mm-hmm. as entertaining. Mm-hmm.
2: So, so this is all your, your work, your
0: your
1: mm-hmm. photographs. Yeah.
2: Wonderful. So, get yeah. up and close with eight species of hornbills. Oh no, ten.
1: Ten. Ten. <laughs> in the, ten species. Yeah. So, you ten so you photograph
0: you've have <laughs> photographed all ten, right? Mm-hmm. I photographed all ten. Very jealous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean
1: it's a collection of images that took what, fifteen years to compile? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were all done ethically. We were; it was all done while observing hornbill's nest. And if it's not while observing hornbill nest, it was done opportunistically, either on a boat or during a hike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm,
0: that's, and that's one. In, yeah. That's important. Responsibly and ethically, sort of. Yeah. we don't want those calls, right? Those taped calls to sort of like mm-hmm. lure. No, Beijing, no baiting. No baiting. Yeah. yeah, you're yeah. changing the behavior of the animal. And imagine these
2: animals—they are fruit eating, mm. you know. Imagine the kind of energy they have to invest to fly to wherever you're calling it, to fight an invisible, um, you know, enemy. You know, because you know, some <laughs> birds—they are territorial. Yeah. They want to fight off the other uh, males, but then they're there and there's nothing there, so they just wasted their effort, you know, energy, flying yeah. over there. So it, it's it's not it's not good practice, you know. Mm. They should be spending their energy. You know, finding food and taking care of their chicks and so forth.
1: Yeah. yeah, and you know, one of the greatest challenges in photographing birds is trying to portray emotions from either photographing a portrait or a full body uh, of the entire bird. And you know, uh, using playbacks and all, it it, you
0: know, yeah. it it
1: makes the bird react in an unnatural way. Correct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. doesn't make your picture look cool because we want to get natural behavior. Yeah. And it's better yeah. when the hornbills don't know
2: we are there. We build hides, we hide behind them. Yeah, Sanjit sticks his camera
1: lens through a hole yeah. in, the, yeah. in the, and we wait. And we wait. It's yeah. not the most comfortable no. of <laughs> positions ever. Mm. You know, you. I, I. I'm the hornbill now, trapped
0: <laughs> yeah. in the cavity. In, a, in, a, yeah. Yeah. in the
1: cavity. It's sometimes <laughs> the floor is wet. There's roots. There's rocks. There's mm. hands, and you just you a tiny little cabin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it's
2: worth it, right,
1: Sanjit? Because you get images that move people. Yeah. Absolutely worth mm-hmm. it. I mean it's 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 not an easy task mm-hmm. and but it's worth it because we get to observe the hornbills in their natural behaviour, doing what they do naturally, yeah. apart from using all kinds of baits because I need a picture of this bird, but that is not what we are out for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We are out there to understand these beautiful Malaysian birds. Yeah
0: and like you know like you guys said i mean without that sort of visual imagery to mm. to complement you know the scientific data yep. that you're collecting right it's it's really hard for us to to get to know it to to you know right. yeah. have that appreciation for what we have right here in malaysia mm-hmm. right yeah. yeah yeah
2: we need uh, more images more videos you know of this but then again you know you need you need to finance that person to sit in the jungle <laughs> for a long time before that person gets those images yeah. or video yeah so yeah. so yeah.
1: Okay, yeah, this for. it's, yeah, sometimes is a disaster. Sometimes it's a masterpiece. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, wow, yeah. Some some days you're the bug, some days you're the
0: windshield. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh no, yeah. but all worth it. I mean, fifteen years of hard work. I mean, twenty years actually, yeah. right? So, yeah. what an amazing portfolio. And and, and aside from the portfolio, you not know, the the amount of people who you know you've moved and inspired through the work that the both of you uh, that both of you do. I mean, I'm here. I'm sitting. I'm one of those people. You know, so oh. <laughs> really, really admire the work that you do. Um, but you know, in terms of um, you know, what would be uh, most helpful uh, to explore Gaia and the work that you do? What would be yeah. What sort of collaborations or help, you know, would you guys uh, like or would appreciate? Yeah.
1: I reckon we would like to collaborate with more corporates. Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so too, yeah.
1: Yeah. Anyone in the corporate field that needs to fulfill any requirements that you have, you know, feel free to drop us an email, come and speak to us. Mm -hmm. And we are the creative bunch Mm -hmm. that we hope we can assist you in any of your environmental needs.
0: Mm Okay. Okay. All right. Um, well, thank you so much, both of you, uh, for joining me today. Any last message you'd like to leave our listeners with? Um, I don't know, Valentine's Day, anything, you know, any <laughs> message that you'd like to leave uh, fellow Malaysians with?
1: Oh, yes. Um, yeah, I'm so patriotic that I photograph Malaysian wildlife, right? Yeah. Um, it, this is not a setting that I'm very used to, but, you know, uh, I just like to remind everybody, you know, when you're on the roads or you're anywhere in the cities, it's you know, tolerance, compassion and love.
2: hmm yeah. <laughs> and, and how about for you, rabbit Oh, um, you know, we really need people support and a simple gesture as just like following us on Facebook or Instagram. Because when we like, if we have a campaign or something, when we set out, send out a message, it can reach a wider audience. So yeah, yeah
0: that, that would be really great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I just want to say, you know, I, I follow you guys on, on Facebook and beautiful images not just of hornbills you know of all the other uh, flora and fauna that you've captured is there and um, really do go and support them just search for Explore Gaia that's uh, X-P-L-O-R-E G-A-I-A uh, you guys have a website of course which mm-hmm. is just exploregaia.com and did you mentioned Facebook and Instagram mm-hmm. are we going to yeah. see TikTok soon some videos as well I'm looking at Sanjit no, no I don't I'm looking know. at we the, need to look at our team oh, no, yeah. we're too
1: old for TikTok <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> you guys will be the stars of it. Well, I <laughs> have no reception
1: in the jungle Okay.
0: All right, all right, all right. I will speak to your team about this. This is where you're going to get the younger crowd, guys. TikTok, that's where it's yeah, at. this is yeah. something for the 20s. <laughs> <laughs> well, my thanks to both of you for joining me today. I've been speaking to Dr. Ravinder Kaur and Sanjit Singh, both co-founders of Explore Gaia. Uh, Dr. Ravinder is the Scientific Director of Gaia. She's also a lecturer at Sunway University, a wildlife researcher. Sanjit is a wildlife photographer, the Education and Awareness Director of Explore Gaia. Again, that website to head to is Explore Gaia, that's X- P-L-O-R-E-G-A-I-A dot com or follow them on social media. If you miss any part of our conversation today, you can always search for the podcast at bfm.my slash earth or you can find it on the BFM app. This has been Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM
2: app.